Hey all, welcome to Caregivers Uncorked. My name is Sean Moore and this is Natasha Swayze. You know, we're coming to you from Kansas City, Missouri, and we are so excited to be here tonight to talk all things caregivers. That's right. Real quick though, Uncorked, I have something before we get started because I like a little lube. Oh boy. Here we go, y'all. We're going to start you out <laughs> right brown, away. The brown. You don't let me drink on uh, Restorative Weekends. So thanks to St- Stone Pillar Vineyard and Winery in Olathe, Kansas, who got all our people drunk at our gala. I brought this. And then, hold on, I got treats. It's really not a Microsoft. Like, this is what I didn't want to leave in my car. Um, these. They're really great for drinking and driving. Um, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> we do not. We I'm are kidding. not promoting that. Before my baby daddy uh, calls DFS on me one more time, um, I'm not drinking and driving. But they do have a great lid. So here's one. Which one do you want? The relax I'm a social worker or you are awesome. Keep that shit up. How about that one? I think you bought me both of these actually. But um, yeah, I need a little lube because, you know. But go ahead. Go ahead with what you're going to talk about. <laughs> well, now, for those of you that know us, you just understood that whole, whole interaction between Natasha and I. So let me tell you a little bit more about us. Natasha and I, we are the executive director and program and development officer at Operation Frontline Families. Who are we? We're both social workers, but we're also caregivers as well. I caregive for my veteran husband and Natasha. We're not sure who she's caregiving for right now because I have a boyfriend that I mean, he's a police officer and Marine. So, you know, and he he told me to raise my hand and say I'm a caregiver because I do that Vanna White shit when he forgets to leave. Uh, cabinets, you know, before he, when he forgets to close them, I close them for him. I go around him like Van and White. So, I mean, maybe that's part of caregiving, but there you go. Well, and I think that for our caregivers that know us, your whole Van and White thing would probably suit you yeah. really well. What do you think? I think so. I yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, you know, for those of you who don't know us, Caregivers on the Home Front was started about seven years ago, mm-hmm. and it was started because I had no clue what in the world I was doing after I met my husband, who is a veteran of 23 years. And um, let's see, when I found myself trying to talk him out of a closet during a fat flashback, I knew I had no idea what was going on and needed help. Yet when I looked for help in Kansas City, where was it? It wasn't there, Um, at least for me as a girlfriend at the time and then a wife. There really wasn't anything there for me. And I knew I needed help, not only to help him, but myself. So what was the next best and greatest thing? Start a nonprofit. At the time, what was I doing? I was a police officer. 
Yeah, so sorry about that drink. I swear I'm really not going to drink and drive with this. Trust me, she's not going to drink and drive um, because I am the straight person here, like straight laced. I am the rule follower and um, I am the rule breaker. That's right. And that's why we get along so well. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, So fast forward to when Natasha and I met, which was a match made in heaven. What were we doing? We were in school all day Mondays, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. for our master's in social work degree. All day long. All day long is right. And when we first met, I had no clue who in the world this chick was that was sitting in front of me (laughs) that always came to class late. (laughs) Still does. I go everywhere late. I, when we fly together, I'm late. I always get those late check bags. But you know what? Thank God that um, my luggage always gets to our next destination. I've mm. never had any problems. You're the lucky one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I mean, really, what inspired us to do this podcast? I think just because no one talks about all the shit that caregivers go through. We've been doing this together almost four years. Next month will be my fourth anniversary um, with caregivers on the home front, Operation Frontline Families, and all of the stories we compile from caregivers. It's not exclusive to just one caregiver. It's, you know, just a bunch of different things that caregivers are afraid to share with their their friends in the community. They're scared for their schools to know what their children and what they're going through at home for fear of being hotline, just all kinds of fears that these caregivers have. And they're scared to speak their truth. They're they're scared to um, really tell what's going on with themselves and with their veteran and really the challenges that they have. So here we are. Um, People are going to love us or hate us, but that's okay. we're we're here to tell it how it is. I think people either love us or hate us now. So yeah. that's gonna that's not gonna be anything new. It's okay. Right. And so Natasha talked about um being a caregiver of a veteran, which is what we both are, yet we are wanting to make sure that this podcast is for all caregivers. And you heard us mention being social workers and So we are going to make sure that some of our episodes are for professional caregivers as well, because we all have burnout. We go through compassion compassion fatigue. There is that. Do you see a fly flying around me? No, it's okay. Um, It's for our shit chat. You know, flies fly around shit. (laughs) So... We are talking shit. We're talking the real stuff. And it's 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 okay. Flies fly around shit. All right, y'all. But anyway, I'm not shit. What we're talking is shit. Um, and it's it's the truth. It's stuff people don't want to talk about. And I think all caregivers, they do, they experience it, it doesn't matter if you're caring for a veteran, if you're caring for a child. If you're caring for an aging parent, what if you're a professional caregiver, you still have those same experiences and challenges um, that that 
any other caregiver has. And that's the commonality in the, in caregiving. Absolutely. I I think that's one thing that we really have found through these seven years is it doesn't matter who you're caring for or what happened to your care recipient. We all experience some of the same feelings, thoughts, uh, sometimes great thoughts, sometimes not so great thoughts. And being able to come to a safe place to say exactly what you're feeling, even if it's the most gosh awful thing that you would think of, that, but you wouldn't share it with anyone else. Right. That's what's going to be really important for us. And that's what you're going to hear from us is things that you most definitely don't always hear. And, and that's right. How many times have I said, I can't say this to everybody, but, and this is horrible. I preface it with that, but you get it. And so I tell you, and it's something awful that people would gasp at when I tell you, but it's, it's real. It's the truth. It's raw. And a lot of times it's what a lot of other caregivers are thinking. They just don't voice it. Absolutely. I agree with you. So we're going to release these episodes on a weekly basis. Um, We will talk about, again, things that we don't often talk about in this space, such as your care recipient being angry, your care recipient throwing some stuff around, um, unsafe situations in caregiving. Domestic violence. Domestic violence. Suicide. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, For our dementia patients, caregiving is tough. We see things in our dementia loved ones that are really throwing us off kilter and we don't know what to do. I mean, what happens when they throw just horrible words your way, but you know that it's not your loved one? That's hard. Yep, that is hard. I agree. So those are some of the things that we're going to talk about in our podcast. And so we'll talk about a topic and towards the end of every episode, and you heard Natasha say it before, our shit chat, we are going to do a little it's shit chat. It's our mascot for shit chat, right? There you go. We'll have to make sure there's a fly in here every time then. <laughs> so what is shit chat? Well, you heard Natasha say... We're going to talk about some things that you don't often hear. Well, shit chat is going to be some of the most off the wall, crazy things that either we or someone else has experienced in this journey. And we're going to unload on it at the end of every podcast. And, and I think, uh, that's a good time where we can bring in our fan mail too. address that because we, we don't have a problem saying what people want to say, but we'll say it for them. Absolutely. You're really good at that. I'm learning from you. You're learning to be a big mouth. Is that what you're a talking bitch. about? <laughs> <laughs> Only she can call me that. Yo. No, you're not. You, it's, you're advocating. That's what you do. There you go. Um, yeah, that's a great no, word you're, you're for 
That's a great word for advocacy uh, or big mouth. No, I'm sorry. That's a great word for having a big mouth. Yeah. Advocacy. And that's no, what we but do. that's how it's perceived. Oh, she's she's being, a, you know, we all know how that goes. You're right. And and those are, you know, oftentimes things that happen when we're advocating for our loved ones, whether that be at a doctor's appointment, at a hospital, um, some of our large systems of care oftentimes don't listen Mm-mm. to those caregivers who are with our loved ones 24-7. But what do we do? How do we get them to listen? I agree. Have you tried your wine? I, you probably won't like it. I know you're not like a drinker, um, but it is happy hour and it's Wednesday and we don't have kids. And so um, I needed a little. And I have to, it's the Christmas season. So from Thanksgiving to Christmas, I have to exchange fucking L's with my ex-husband. Okay. So like today I had to drive to his job to drop off fucking L's, Elf on the Shelf. Uh, so. so that's an interesting thought that you you just brought up because um okay for one let me go back to the are you going to take a drink because um <laughs> i feel like i'm being peer pressured by my uh <laughs> my caregiver colleague here because you she know knows. drink it if you don't drink it i exactly you, you've ordered things plenty of time i'm like just let me drink it for you i, I tend to like <laughs> the mug instead that says you're awesome keep that shit up um i don't know that i need to take a drink no, to you like really keep don't. that shit up. Um, <laughs> and she and those of you that do know me know that I am not a big drinker, especially of wine. And I mean, I'm not like a, I like, but I like uh, wine and a cocktail from time to time. No. So why did we call this caregivers uncorked? I don't know, but you know what? Sometimes it's unfucked, unscrewed, all of that because... If you notice, this is a screw top. We're not corking nothing. But again, <laughs> thank you, Stone Pillar, for getting all our people at our gala drool. <laughs> all right. So let's see. What else um, can we tell you about why Caregivers Uncorked came from at our programs at Operation Frontline Families, yep. which used to be caregivers on the home front. Um, on January 1st, we did a switch and changed our name up, but not our mission. And those caregivers that have come to our programs know that to take care of your mental health, alcohol and working on your mental health does not work. Absolutely. Yet, yet, In this series of podcasts, we're like uncorking our mouths and making sure that you all have the uncut version of caregiving because it is, for one, people don't know what caregiving is. Unless you're really caregiving, mm-hmm. it's really hard to tell someone what you're going through. Yep. Two, like Natasha said, and I'm just going to put this out here on this first up episode. My husband, a veteran, 
has some major mental health challenges. Um, knock on wood. This table is wood. Um, he is doing well right now. Knock for right? you. Knock. Yet, one of our biggest challenges is suicide. And when we talk about that in the lane of being serious, because it is a very serious topic, but when caregivers get together, and those thoughts come up that may not be, um, how do you want to word it? Um, let's see. When those thoughts come up that wouldn't be the norm of what society believes that we should be thinking around this topic, when you are in the thick of it with your loved one, we oftentimes stuff those feelings. Mm-hmm. And we don't get to talk about well, it. And so how you think of a wine bottle, right? And it's corked, the pressure in it. And we tell them at our Restore to Weekends, you can only take some, that pressure builds and builds and builds and builds. And you're holding it in, holding it in. And look at what happens at our Restore to Weekends where they, that cork comes off and it's, everything comes out. All their feelings, there's tears. All those, all those things that they've been suppressing comes out. Do you want? I mean, maybe a lot of people might not know what a restorative weekend entails. Absolutely. What the hell is a restorative weekend? That's so true. (laughs) All right, so let's go back for a little bit. Caregivers on the Home Front was founded in 2017, and we were founded around taking care of the mental health and wellness of family members of those veterans and first responders. One of our programs, I would say really our premier program is called our Mental Health and Wellness Restorative Weekend where caregivers and those family members come to a all expenses paid weekend to work on their own mental health and wellness. Note, I did not say your care recipient, the veteran, the first responder, the frontline family or the frontline workers, mental health, the caregiver, that family member that is behind the scenes doing what they do every day. Our weekend really works on that mental health and wellness of that caregiver, that family member. Because, again, oftentimes, we don't have time to take care of ourselves. So that is really the, the really key point of those weekends, being around other people that are going through the same challenges that, that you may be meeting other people, having a tribe when you leave the weekend. No matter where you're at in the United States, you have someone that you can lean on. Yep. And just being able to voice what you have stuffed and stuffed and stuffed inside to get it out. Because like Natasha said, it's going to come out. It's going to explode all over like a champagne bottle, right? And here's here's the thing too. You know, a a lot of caregivers don't feel like they have the time. But after we kind of break it down where they can fit in a couple minutes, whether it's 10 minutes, anything, any few minutes to themselves, we help them find time. 
because they're deserving of it. And so everyone, no matter what the caregiving situation looks like, can find some time. Absolutely. And when we say caregiver, we want to make sure that people understand that your loved one may not be injured or ill. You may be caring for kids at home. Yep. You may be caring for a veteran that was injured or ill um, or was, gosh, a lot of our veterans have ALS. It's a higher prevalence in the veteran space. So making sure that when we say caregiver, that's a wide range of people. And we are not going to just talk about those who are caring for veterans. Um, you're a caregiver if you're taking care of kids. You're a caregiver if you've got kids at home and you're taking care of your parents. But we want to make sure that we are being inclusive of our first responder families, our frontline work, worker families, that this is going to be for them as well. And I think with, um, and we heard the term carer um, last week with someone. And, and I like, I feel like that's more inclusive of caregiving. You know, we think, when we think caregiving, I think a lot of people think professional caregivers or they think someone who's bedridden. They don't, they don't think of all those other aspects of caregiving. That's really not your job as a wife to remind someone to take their medicine or to have to go, go behind them and just do simple tasks, you know? Um, so what would you say to people who haven't really identified as caregivers or carers and, but they are doing those duties? Because I think a lot of people will not call themselves that because they think of professional or they think of um, someone who's bedridden or they have to provide medical care. Absolutely. So one of the things that I see in this space is when you say I'm a caregiver, most people, or what is a caregiver, most people think of, like you said, either the professional caregiver, or if I'm identifying as a caregiver, I must be taking care of someone who is elderly. That may be the case, but that's not the only case that is mm -hmm. out there. Um, now, we're in our- Those invisible wounds. The invisible and real wounds. Quick, I think society has done a terrible job at- um, perpetrating that belief on everyone because when you look at commercials when you look at any marketing what do you see you don't see the invisible wounds you see people who are amputees you you see all um you see those physical things of of a veteran or a loved one or a child or whatever it is and so it it, it almost makes someone who cares for someone with those invisible wounds feel insignificant and unnoticed. Yeah. Less than. Absolutely. Yes. And it really, so invisible wounds. And you're making it hard for them to identify as a carer or caregiver when you do that. And people don't realize that. Yes. Which then keeps people from being able to find those resources that are for them. Because if you don't identify as caring for a loved one, you're not going out on Google searching resources for caregivers. 
Therefore, you're missing out on some of the resources that are out there for you. But going back to the invisible wounds, people who are caring for a loved one or have a loved one that has mental health challenges, you are caring, you are providing caregiving support to that loved one. Just like Natasha said, we're, we're, I'm, I'm going to be really honest here. I'm in my 50s. Therefore, I, you probably would not think of us or my family or my husband needing care. I can guarantee you if he walked in right now, you would question my title of caregiver. Right. Right. He and speaks well. He he can move furniture. He does all those things. Um, he's he's great with us in our organization as far as um everything he does as a board member. Mm-hmm. Um no, you you wouldn't. You you would not you would be like, What what is she what what does she care? But there's so much behind the scenes that people do not see. Absolutely. And that's like, you're in the trenches. And what did one of our board members say, Tara, about being, what did she say this week about being in the trench, like the trenches, uh, our slogan she wanted us to have. Dude, I just told you I was in my fifties. I don't remember. (laughs) But you're in the trenches behind the scene, but nobody notices because when he walks in a room, everything's fine. Absolutely. So We gave you a snippet of what you're going to see in our episodes, and it is really diving deep into those conversations that you often don't hear while you're at the grocery store or even sometimes at your doctor's office. They're not asking about your stress as a caregiver, your stress as a a mom, a dad, and these caregivers, they're, they're lots of different people. Moms, dads, adult children, young children, friends, siblings, young children. Let's talk about that real quick. Well, let's save that for one of our next episodes. But it is young. It is young children. Absolutely, we have young children that are secondary caregivers to their their loved ones. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. And we need to dive deep into that too because these kids in our homes, in these caregiving homes, are having a tough time. And unfortunately, our society, we're starting to see it, but it's not there enough. And we've got to do some quick fixes to make sure our kids are doing well in these homes. And that's, that's a, with the kids, that is another thing that I feel like society, um, and especially it's it's terrible because it's organizations and people who know better. I feel like that are that don't realize or um, really promote what these kids are actually going through, and they do keep it hidden. And that's the key word: that hidden. Absolutely. Um, and people. I don't know if it's shame, guilt, or what it is that that keeps it this big secret um, as far as, you know, educating their schools, their teachers, people who are around them eight hours a day, their coaches of what really goes on in these homes. And it, it's not always um, terrible things like domestic violence or, but it's 
some of these kids have the responsibility of keeping these frontline workers and veterans alive. Absolutely. Absolutely. On that note, Caregivers Uncorked is excited to be with you, and we cannot wait for you to tune into our next episode where we will continue to talk all things in the yucky stuff of caregiving along this journey. In our mascot, uh, I think that's our shit chat is these kids that need freaking help that are, are not getting it. They're not getting it. Absolutely. And so we're going we're gonna to address that next time. Yes, we we're are. We're going to address our kiddos. All right. Tune in next time.